I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for our first Grand Tour preview of the year. The Giro d'Italia, the Maglia Rosa up for grabs. Recording this Tuesday morning before it kicks off on the Saturday. We know Italian races love on to start on the Saturday and we're doing our best with the start list, but we got who we need to, who we need to know to be confirmed. They're confirmed. So I'm G'd up, got a, a month of racing. Benji's coming and Luke, uh, our producer in person in two days to Andorra. So we can just watch it on the one TV and make the pod even better. But how are you feeling for the Giro Benji? Is there Giro uh, fever in, Belgium, or would you say it's a bit muted compared to maybe when Remco was returning from his crash two years ago? Ooh, interesting. I feel like there is quite a bit of Giro fever. I see a lot of like Giro talk on the internet when it comes to the media and so forth. Yeah. Whether it's as much as in the past, I'm not sure. I think at a certain point, people get a bit muted when it comes to the hype of certain riders. Maybe that went a bit downhill, but I would say that. Remco's still definitely on the front page of every newspaper going into this Giro multiple times. So whether that's one article or two articles less than usual, no clue. I would say that for me, there's Giro fever. I love the Giro. And especially when there's like, uh, I don't know, with the Giro, there's always the third week, you know? We'll talk about it later throughout the parkour and so forth. But that third week, once again, has some stages I'm really looking forward to. There's also a stage in week two where I'm like, ooh, can't wait until that happens. But uh, what's your Giro fever like? It's good. I can't wait to see. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, those week three stages you mentioned, I want them to happen because there will be a <laughs> historical stage. One of these stages has to be historical, like goes into the archive as all-time great because they are ridiculously hard. And this is how we're going to structure this preview. We are going to do a brief overview of the route rapid fire, just where it starts, where it finishes. And then we're going to do a team-by-team discussion, who their leader is, what their goals are to get out of this Giro, and then we will do our traditional stage-by-stage analysis, picking the winner or the likely winner of each stage before discussing at the end GC, how we see the tactics playing out, who we think will win GC or podium, and then the other minor jerseys as well. So our traditional structure is going to be a big boy. Get yourself a coffee. Not you, Benji. You've got work to do. So you can't get yourself a coffee yet. I can't rant for two hours. But <laughs> the route, it starts in kind of on, uh, an odd place, I must say. It's, <laughs> well, no, it is. Like the Tour de France, Basque Country Grand Depart, Vuelta, Barcelona Grand Depart, Italy, uh, the Giro d'Italia is going to have the, oh, no, sorry, that's Tour de France has the Florence Grand Depart next year. They're starting on the east coast of Italy in a place that's quite hard to get to. You know, some of the riders were, whinging a little bit at the transfer to get there. It's not in a major city. They start in Fossa Cesia Marina with a TT. There's then, throughout the first week, not too many GC opportunities. There's the Campo Imperatore finish, long climb. There was some 
ice wall photos going up on Twitter. It's still got two meters of snow there. <laughs> and then there's a TT, a 34K one in that, uh, the end of that first week. But Benji, I don't see, apart from the TTs, I don't see too much GC in that first week. I think so as well. There's like the, the initial time trial. And obviously, if you consider that second time trial also in week one before the second rest day, I would say, those two are going to be the major time differences between GC riders in the first week, I would say. We'll go into the, in the details of these profiles a bit later, but that's the initial grasp of this. And I feel like Campo Imperatore is kind of that, that Campo Felice-like climb where yeah. you have some difference or a bit of difference. But then again, we fought Sub the same with Pirojano last year. <laughs> True. True, Picohano. And I was speaking, I remember I was on stage speaking with O'Connor and Vine. I was like, you know, Picohano wasn't even that hard. And they said, excuse me? Who the fuck are you? Um, <laughs> no, they didn't say that, but they were like, it was hard at the start. It was steep. But so maybe in Campo Imperatore, but really if both are on form, I don't see too much. Uh, week two, again, is some Mads Pedersen type and Magnus Court type stages. And then four of the five stages or six stages. And then there's just one absolute brute, the Kranz Montana stage. I think this is uh, a madness, <coughs> like 6,000 meters Denevelle, 206, oh, kilometers going into Switzerland. And then week three is just a war. This is the opposite of the Vuelta 2022. This is like the most backloaded route uh, we've just about covered, I think, Benji, in terms of, Altitude gain in this week three is just an altitude, like three passes over 2,000 meters on stage 19 to Trey Chime. It's just, and then the TT with a 4.7 kilometer, 15% section on pavers. Almost the first two weeks, even if someone's three minutes ahead, Benji, unlike sort of the Tour of the Vuelta, Remco was a minute ahead in the, of Mars and the Vuelta. I felt it was done Yeah, by week three. Velta done on the second rest day. Someone could be three minutes ahead, and I'll be like, the Mali Rose is still up for grabs. Uh, on one end, yes. But on the other end, when you're like watching a race and you see someone dominating the first two weeks, you get into this mindset, this tunnel vision of like, this yeah. can't go wrong anymore. But then we saw, for example, when Bernal was strong in the first two weeks of what was it, the Giro 2021, is my guess, that we had the um, Zonkalan. Yates dropped him, Alpemira, Caruso yes. danced away on the descent, and they weren't as hard as these stages. And Almeida dropped him on another one as well, right? Where Martinez was like, Wee! I think that was Zonkolin. Or what? Alpe... Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, Alpe Motta or Alpe de Mira. <laughs> no, Alpe de Mira, you're right. Alpe de Mira. It's and Yala, I think. Yeah. So three stages. Yep. And if, they, if, he, if that had been the second last climb then you're in real trouble. So that's why this stage is here, like, or even in the second week, the stage 13, uh, Crider Curve, 15.5 case, 8.6%. That's the second last climb. Yeah. And of course, there's a valley afterwards, but if you crack in the middle of that uh, around Verbier, maybe you <laughs> want to get yourself a little après ski at the end of the season, <laughs> go for an aperitivo, you're going to be losing big, big time. So it's very backloaded, I see huge opportunities for the uh, fit sprinters in the first two weeks. That is going to be a good point of discussion for how we think each team should play it because we see Court, Pedersen, Matthews, who are all here. Those teams have had different strategies for approaching those sort of stages. But yeah, it's 
I, I like it. I do have, there is a big fear, Benji, that like some of these big stages, there's going to be coverage issues or uh, weather issues. We can't control that, but I do worry that that might happen. That's a possibility, but I feel like we should go into this Grand Tour just naively thinking Hopeful. positive, everything's going to be all right. And when the struggle yeah. happens, then we complain. We shouldn't complain beforehand about potential struggles because if the stages do happen, they could be legendary. And yeah. when it comes to all of these stages, there's some really iconic ones like the Crans Montana where I'm looking forward to. And I feel like the parkour is here to make the difference. And if we go into it stage by stage in a bit, there will be some opportunities for some riders to take time on the others. But I also feel like it will just be an attrition race throughout as well. And maybe if you go too hard at the start of the Grand Tour, it might cost you in the third week. Especially like this final TT is brutal. It's on the Slovenian border. It's maybe the hardest TT that's been used in a major race since the mid-2000s, I'm sure. Who was the previous Jira director? He was before Veni. He was like a... He tried to make them, he did like make the hardest stage um, challenge was <laughs> like his goal. Um, but it's but, a brutal TT. We'll but, get into the, oh, sorry, go on. There's long stages, right? I feel like there's a lot of 200 plus kilometer stages here. And the annoying thing is that's a lot of the flat stages. Yeah, I think they have cut down on transitions a little bit. That was some feedback from the riders. Uh, that, but yeah, the... Sage 14 and 15, for example, they're both on 200Ks. If you include neutral, 13's 200. Um, stage 11's 220Ks. So there's some big stages in here and a lot to control as well. The best place, though, if you want to watch the Giro d'Italia every single kilometre. We're going to watch every kilometre. Well, we could, in theory. I <laughs> uh, will probably go for a walk once I see uh, Davide Bias and Mattia Bias in a breakaway with five minutes. But if Fake you want to watch all of it, fun. Fake, Fake fan. fan. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at Zero Stage 1 last year. But if you want to watch every kilometre, and there are some of these stages that are going to be historic that you're going to want to watch live, like Bernal on Paso Jao, for example, two years ago, GCN Plus is the best place to watch. You can watch ad-free, on-demand, after work afterwards there's extended highlights in the app so if you want to get a real feel for the race that maybe like a five to eight minute highlight video can't give you but you don't have time to watch the all 200ks there's extended highlights there's the post and pre-game talk show the breakaway and yeah it's available in almost all territories gcn plus ride holding is really really good for the giro d'italia yeah it's what we'll be watching on when we're back, when you were here in Andorra, Benji, and you can get 15% off LRCP listeners in selected territories and annual pass. That will cover you throughout the Giro and a whole lot of World Tour racing and other minor races like a Tour de Hungary where Bernal will be, I think, during the Giro for the rest of the year. So go check that out. Thanks to GCN Plus for sponsoring our Giro d'Italia preview. And yeah. I can't wait to watch on the app uh, this Saturday. But Benji, we've got to start with the favorite, Remco Evenepoel. He's under $2 in the markets, so he's been given an implied probability of over 50% to win this Giro. Quickstep obviously knew we were recording this preview and they dropped <laughs> their team, which is very kind of them, on Twitter. And this is their team. Remco Evenepoel, 
Davide Ballerini, Catania, Cherny, Cherny, sorry, Hiet, Von Wilder, Vivaca, and Seri. Do you think Avonapol's favoritism is justified over Roglic? And is that based primarily on these TTKs, all 70 of them? Well, if I have to be honest, uh, I think that the bookmakers probably, probably guessed it based on Liège, Baston Liège, instead of in-depthly basing it on the Giro. But that being said, I would say that if I compare Roglic and Remco Evenepoel this year, Remco was losing in Catalonia. We saw that the differences were minimal, and maybe with some tactical differences, Remco could have won that race. Yep. It still wouldn't have been easy to win regardless. Let's be honest about it. Roglic was in good form. He's made the comeback from his, his back issue and shoulder issue yeah. going into the season, then came back at Tirreno instead of coming back in a later phase of the year where he was supposed to come back at Catalonia instead. At Tirreno, he, he won, but I feel like that was still circumstantial in the sense that other teams made it easier for him to take the GC there by playing fully into his cards, by allowing him to... Yeah, benefit from other riders doing certain things in races. Like, for example, the headwind stage on, uh, was it Sassoteto? I'm not sure about it. That stage would not have been won by Roglic, in my opinion, if it wasn't headwind. That being said, I still think he made a massive progress towards Catalonia because I wasn't expecting him to be that good on the deciding queen stage in that race against Remco Evenepoel afterwards. I also feel like when it comes to Remco, we've seen this progress throughout the last few weeks where he's been building into the season. San Juan, he wasn't good. Let's be honest about it, he wasn't good enough at San Juan. But he progressed throughout the year. And when it comes to UAE Tour, he was good. He was on relatively good form. And then we move into Catalonia. He's on a bit better form, probably. And then we move towards LBL. He's looking like extraterrestrial compared to the rest of the peloton in that race. Obviously, because Pogaccio also wasn't there. But then towards the Giro, I'm like, He's been building up for longer than Roglic has. Do you feel like, is there a danger where Remco's buildup was too much? Or am I just making things up? Nah, I, he's done 22 race days. Okay. And, I mean, the big risk with Liège, doing Liège, I think it's not that you got a hard race day in the legs. The risk is what happened to Pagaccia can ruin your yeah. season. And it didn't happen. So... It's fine. As long as he didn't get sick. I know a lot of guys did get sick or just feeling a bit meh after Liège. He's fine. He's fine. Um, I would say physiologically, Remco has been outstanding this year, apart from San Juan. And I'm not going to listen to San Juan. He's there so he doesn't get fined. They're there yeah. getting a check. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's just park San Juan. It's in January. UAE, the strongest, um, <coughs> did tactically, they do some things both in UAE Tour and Catalonia that I think they could have done differently, yes, um, but physically very strong. And then when you see these TTKs, I think that's why he's the favorite. And he, yeah. he won the Vuelta last year. Now, the Vuelta was very different. There was not as much TT. There was not as many brutal stages. The third week was very soft. And, you know, there were, like, Sierra Nevada, Roglic gained time when he wasn't in good shape because of the race situation. But the team they brought... No Masnada, Cherny in. I dare say that's a, like, and especially because they just announced this on the Tuesday, I think that's a result of uh, Romandy because Masnada was not good in Romandy and Cherny was very good. And I think they want 
I think they're good for climbing. I think it's a good team, Benji. Like, yep. here's the roles. Ballerini is the position you in the last 3K of a hectic finish guy. Yeah. And maybe he goes for his own sprints, but he can also sprint for bonus seconds. Seri is the workhorse. Cherny is the workhorse. Uh, Catania is kind of a mixed rider. I think he's actually a little bit weak sometimes, but he's a mixed rider. You then have uh, Vivaika in like the Teish Benoit role, third mountain guy. He can do all the medium mountains. And then Van Wilder and Hurt are the sort of pure climber guys who will be launching Remco. I think it's a well-balanced team, to be honest. I don't really see any fatal flaw in it, apart from maybe Hit and Van Wilder's consistency you can put a question yep. mark over. But as a Giro team goes, I think it's very, very good, actually. Um, and I, I really... The only person I would have probably taken is Cavagna instead of Catania. Um, Cavani's doing the tour and he's French, so that's uh, the law. Probably the reason. I will say, however, when I look at a team, I don't know whether Hirt or Van Wilder will be the last man. I feel like Van Wilder might be the last man yeah. for Remco on the climbs now. Because Hirt in the, in the preseason, Hirt is never amazing outside of the Grand Tours. He's had a few races last year where he was good next to the Grand Tours. But I would Le say Port, that... he was good. What, sorry? On Port in Catalonia, he was really good. Yes. But in the earlier part of the season, I was like, where is Hirt? And yeah. then we noticed when it comes to this race, I'm like, I'm expecting Von Welder to be the man that is the last man to, to launch Remco. Then Hirt won before, then Cataneo the one before, and then Vervake, then Seri. Um, when it comes to Cherny, I also feel like he's uh, important for the brake control. I feel yeah. like when I talk to Quickstep riders, I always hear that Cherny is the kind of guy that everybody likes in the team because he's very good at managing breakaways and so forth and that role. And I don't necessarily hear that about Cavagna. So I think it's also maybe the input of the, of the teammates that might've led to Cherny being selected for this race um, compared to other riders in the team. So looking at this squad, I think it's well balanced. I think they cover every area. And I do like that Ballerine is in not just because of the factor that he can be a workhorse for the team when he's necessary. Also, when it comes to the bases that he's the kind of rider that can steal bonus seconds, like you mentioned. He's the kind yeah. of rider that can fight for that. If, if they notice that Remco's consistently getting beaten by Roglic in these, in these like intermediate like sprints. Like Van against Pog. Exactly. That specific scenario is perfect for that. And I think Quickstep will, will be a strong team here. And I think it might be the strongest team in the race, but there's a, it's the there's a few, there's a few challengers, eh? Because well, that's Jumbo Visma. Exactly, Jumbo Visma. Obviously, Primoz Roglic as leader. That's the obvious one. When it comes to the team, they had some changes when Wilco Kelderman crashed out of Tirreno to the point where Sepp Gus is now the uh, the lieutenant, lieutenant, whatever your pronunciation is of that word. He's dad for Primoz Roglic, and Kun Bauman is here. Tobias Foss, Robert Hesing, Jan Tratnik, Affini, and Hesman. Now, when I look at the squad, I see Kaz as the, the final guy. Bauman as a proper mountain domestique. Falls as I don't maybe see Bauman like that. What, sorry? I don't see... I think Bauman struggles. But all, I also I would think have Vavaka struggles. way over Bauman. What, sorry? I would have Louis Vavaka way over Bauman. I think so too, but I feel like when I look at the squad, Bauman and Foss both struggle in like longer mountains. Yeah. Don't you think... It reminds me a lot, sorry I cut you off, but it reminds me a lot of the Ineos 
Bernal 21 squad, it was Martinez as like the premium mountain domestique. Yeah. And that's Coos. And then Roglic. And then a lot of like mixed guys. Yeah. Like Moscon, like Narvaez, like Castro. And they're probably hoping Tratnik will be Castro, I would say. And yeah. then you've got sort of Hersink, Foss, all of these, and Bauman. Bauman can do a good lead out on punchy train. Like he did, Bauman did the lead out for Roglic in that stage one of Catalonia that he won, the uphill drag. Um, but yeah, I think Quickstep, Van Wilders, Vavarka, and Heert is a better climbing core, but Kuz just took some big KOMs. Not that, that means anything, but <laughs> he just took big KOM Cortals Dan Camp, which is where they did uh, Pog won his first Grand Tour stage in the Vuelta 19. He just took the Engelasis KOM back-to-back yesterday. I would probably take Coos. Uh, no, not probably. On, the, on both their days, I'll take Coos on those yep. third-week stages over Vavarka, Van Wilder, or Heert. I would as well. I agree with that. Now, when you look at the squad, Michel Hesmond is in there, Afini is in there. Afini is obviously the, the, the flat Ballarat. ruler kind of role. Trotny could even play that role in necessary moments because he's so versatile that he can do yeah. it. He can do it all. He's not going to be there at the end of a brutal mountain stage, but he's going to be there for the majority of the other scenarios that happen. When it comes to Hesmond, I would have maybe seen Dennis part of this squad because I'm still shocked that Dennis is not riding a single Grand Tour. I feel like there might have been some hair in the butcher is what we say in Belgium when there's like a bit of a, a quarrel the behind the scenes is what I'm guessing because otherwise he probably would have ridden the Grand Tour. And if you look at this squad, I'm like, he fits in this team. The thing is, is that not kind of the same? What Trotnik is doing is that what will Hesmond bring to this team? Because he's a youngster. He was pretty strong at Avenir last year. What is he going to deliver to this squad, do you think? I think Hesmond's a uh, medium mountain ruler in, uh-huh. in best case. Like in Catalonia, he was there on sort of 4 5% climbs pulling, but not pulling hard enough. So that's a good case example, that stage. When they really needed to bring back Demarkey, they had to pull with Kreisvike. Yeah. And Hessman couldn't do it. And I think he's... he's yeah, maybe Seri's a little bit longer. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's kind of like Catania a little bit sometimes, like yeah. best case. And to your point on Dennis, absolutely. In theory, Picro and Dennis in the Giro Gegenhart shape of 2020, you know, he walks into this team. He'd be <laughs> the third best guy after Koos maybe. But that's in theory. So, you know, he pulled out of Romandie before because he was uh, he had sickness or came down, something like that. So I do think Tratnik, he looked really lean at Liège. Do yes. not be surprised if he's climbing well. But... Mate, got second yeah. on Zonkelan behind Fortunato, remember? I know, I know. And he's looking in good shape. Hersink was in good shape at Liège. I think, though... Isn't this squad indicative, Benji, of just doing like a hard, have, bringing the best climbers like Rowan Dennis to do a hard lead out for Roglic on the longest climbs is not how they're going to win the Giro because on a pure watts per kilo basis, Remco's better. And so they brought a more versatile squad of guys like Tratnik and Bowman, who can get in breakaways up the road or Foss up the road, guys who can pull a valley, get over a medium mountain. If there's a descent, 
you know, split, if there's a crash, there's guys who can help Roglic. I think with Athene's really good for that. Athene and Tratnik and Foss keeping front position in those tricky stages. Foss was outstanding in Catalonia. That's how I see this roster construction. And frankly, with Wilco crashed out, there's no one else to bring. So yeah. that's how I see it. I want you to put a pin in that. When we talk about the, the stages, I want us to discuss how much time we think Remco could take on the Roglic in time trials. Because on paper, I would say that Remco on paper is the better time trialist. Yeah. Roglic in Olympic form could destroy everybody, but he's not that every single day. And next to that, which stages are the terrain that something like that could happen? Because when I look at the sport core, I'm like, oh, like there's some stages where early moves could do something, but there's also a lot of stages that don't have a climb at the start to put riders in the breakaway, that kind of stuff. So I feel like we need to dive into that on our stage-by-stage -stage analysis, but let's hop onto a, a different team maybe first. Ineos just announced <laughs> it yesterday. Thanks, Ineos, for doing it early. Maybe they even did it on Sunday. They bring, oh, by the way, we didn't say it explicitly, Yumbo uh, and... Quickstep are going for GC with uh, Avonapol and Roglic. That's their goals. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, that's their goals. At I the thought Giro. they went for Chiclamino. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe with Athene or Ballerini. Ineos bring Gegenhart and Thomas as their GC leaders. If their graphic is to be believed, they're the two front and centre. And based on Tour of the Alps form, Gegenhart's earned that. And then Thomas, they'll be hoping, has improved. Aronsman, Deplus and Sivakov will be climbing domestiques. Ganner is there for TTs and flat support, and Puccio is there, and Swift are there, uh, ruler-type operators. But so, yeah. Do you completely cut off Tamin Arnsman already beforehand? Because the first yeah. time troll will benefit him over Tau Gegenhard, and they might be like, let's try and keep him up there in GC just as a backup. Unless he gained one watt per kilo to his FTP in the last week. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no. Okay. Obviously, he goes the TT. He does full gas and try to stay in GC as long as possible. Land. Listen, I don't think any of us are going to be going to the front on. I mean, maybe they will for Gegenhart on Campo Imperatore <laughs> and doing a full sky train and dropping De Plus, Sivakov, and everybody. I would say that's <laughs> probably not the best idea against uh, Roglic and Avonapol. And so. Honestly, Benji, get these guys in some breaks. Like, unless you're somehow in the Malia Rosa in week three with Thomas or Gagenhart. Yeah. Let these guys get in some breaks because it's not your race to make if you're Ineos. You know, Thomas is 10 to 1, Gagenhart's 13 to 1. I'll say Thomas is way too short. He, like, his watts were not there. The TT is good for him, but Gagenhart at least had some good watts and you know you're gonna to have to have good watts against Roglic and Avonapol in the, the form they're in uh, it's to be on the flat Benji I think it's a little bit weak like I know Ganner is Ganner but in a hectic run in Ben Swift I think has taken a step back and then it's kind of Puccio's the Serie role they don't have Athene or Ballerini but yeah I don't you think hedging your bets, given that they're not the favourites, and giving Aaronsman to Plus some breakaway freedom, at least in the first two weeks, you know, that then means you don't get to the Vuelta, you have one Grand Tour stage win and Carapaz wins three. I, 
I think it's too conservative to just keep everyone around Gagan Hart and Thomas. Hmm. I, at the start, I understand if they do it the first week and so forth, then I think the, the race will make it clear what to do for them, I think. Because after week one, they might still have multiple riders over in GC, because once True. again, the time trials will maybe give Gagan Hart a, a deficit towards the Thomas and the Nidensman, yeah. but towards week two, Kranz Montana and so forth, will instantly become clear who of the riders are actually the the best climbers in the squad. And maybe even one of the one of the three already falls out of GC in the first week on Campo Imperatore if they're really if they're in a really bad day. But I would say by the time they reach week three, by the time they reach those stage where they can send riders in the breakaway to maybe benefit from that, the last part of week two, I would argue that they will know what is possible. And if they're if they're on the podium for the third spot, they might keep some riders secure that third spot to make sure that happens against uh whoever tries to fight for that podium spot if it's higher it's higher but i believe that i agree it's it's kind of like the the must theory at first we were talking about Mas at movistar as in ah oh, put ferona in some breakaways give him a chance for stages but then he actually became like a potential podium competitor and an actual fighter for second every single time in the velta and if that's the case you're like should he in that situation have Verona in the breakaway? Maybe as a satellite rider, but for himself, maybe not, depending on the situation, how dangerous GC, stuff like that. So I think it's situational what will happen. But I will say when I look at the team, they've got solid climbing squad. Like Arensman, if he's on a good day, can support. If if Hart falls out of GC somehow, he's going to be good support. If Thomas falls out of GC, he's going to work for the team. Sivakov has been good the last few uh, the last few weeks, but... He's also been somewhat inconsistent over his career in terms of certain periods throughout the year. So hopefully he doesn't crash this time around in the early parts of the Grand Tour. But the plus has been looking good. When it comes to Ghana, they've got a good domestique. Swift and Pucho are just there for the versatility, right? Because Pucho is the kind of domestique where you're like, he's kind of the Arashiro of the squad, no? Yeah. Yeah. Or Seri. Seri's a little bit better. Ah, uh, But yeah, they, they get the bottles. I think, as you said, it'll depend on where the GC cards potentially unlike Yumbo or Quickstep they do have two a dual GC option with Gagan Hart and Thomas whether that actually comes into play I'm not too convinced but I think I'm pretty sure their plan is conserve as much time as possible and hope crazy stuff happens in week three and they're close enough to take advantage of it yeah uh let's move to UAE who also have two GC leaders in Almeida and Jay Vine. McNulty is also coming to the Giro. I'm not sure if he's doing the Giro Tour double. Uh, Ulisi and Formolo and Covey, I believe, will be there as well. It's not a confirmed squad yet, but they're Italian and that's yeah. the law. And that's the bones of the squad. Maybe Ackerman, maybe Gibbons, uh, but Ackerman's been in terrible shape. He got ruined in Eshbourne yesterday. Um, and, and I think... Almeida, to be honest, I think Almeida should be the third GC favorite yep. based on his Giro's in the past, and I think he'll be in good shape, and the parkour really suits him, and his TT's better. I really think, Benji, for them, they got to, well, I don't think they're going to do some sort of like something different where they just burn Vine and McNulty for GC for Almeida. I think they're going to try to keep Vine and Almeida and GC as deep as possible. I think so as well. Those two should be their focus leaders. 
I fear that they might even try to keep McNulty in GC for the first week, and it's not necessarily a crime to do that the first week, but by the time we reach Carlos Montana, and if McNulty drops early, then they should pull the plug already yeah. on that idea. Because that is very clear that those two other riders will probably be the, the ones. Now, I don't know what Jay Vine's form is going to be like. We haven't seen him in a while since his knee injury of the of the UAE Tour, if I recall. You've probably got a... Uh, you're, you're probably have his phone tapped to, to get all your information from, from Jay Vine here, but what's I'm your take on... Tonight, what, sorry? Having a barbecue tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> your send-off. Um, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be fine. Um, okay. I'm not sure what he's been putting on Strava. I haven't checked. I don't really, despite Remco hiding it, I don't actually check Strava <laughs> that much, except for the Coos one. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I think he'll be in pretty good shape, at least. I don't think he'd start here if he had, like, if his knee was blown up. So, yeah. But I do think if they're... If they got two GC leaders, I think Almeida's still the one A. Um, he's done yep. the Giro twice before, maybe three times, and yeah, I think Almeida's the one A. But I also think Fine gets his option at that team, and that's just how UAE have always played it when it's there's no Pog there. So I don't see why that would uh, change. Now, moving to, I think we're getting into. Oh, Bora's probably got the other favorite. They they bring Vlasov, Aliotti, Benedetti, Denz, Jungels, Kamner, Conrad, Pulsar. Vlasov will go for GC. I dare say. They'll go for stages with Conrad, Pulsar, Aliotti, and Jungles, who won a Tour de France stage last year. Kamner is the breakaway master. I think he's going to go for GC for as yep. long as possible. But I think I think it's going to be a very, very different kettle of fish to um, Torino and Tour of the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> I think so as well. And like when it comes to the time trials, he should be good. He should be able to take some time on the riders yep. like a gig and hard and so forth. But when it comes to the brutal mountain stages, I don't know where he'll reach. And I don't know where Vlasov will reach in those as well. They're kind These of two bad. riders where on paper, they're going to burn a bit on those stages. I, I might even trust Kemna in some of them more than I trust Vlasov in some of them, which is a weird thing to say, knowing the history and ground tours between the two. But it's kind of similar to other teams. Like we look at Bahrain and we've got Caruso, Butrago, Haig, Mater and a bunch of supporting uh, actors like Switzerland, Pascalon, and Zambonini and Milan, who will probably look after themselves most of the time, because Milan will probably want to sprint on other stages and so forth, and Pascalon and Switzerland are a sprint train, I would say. When it comes yeah. to the main four climbers there, it's a similar situation to Bora, I think, where we're not sure who will pop up to be the strongest one of them. On paper, Caruso will be good in the time trials, but Trago, Actually, don't know if Butrago can time trial. I generally have, seen have no him do a clue. TT. Yeah, hmm. I, I doubt it's good <laughs> on the Bahrain <laughs> setup. All four of those guys will go for their own GC for as long as possible, and then if we try go and I think Caruso and Haig will really try for GC. Mader and Romandy was bad on Tion after a good TT. We try go one at Giro stage last year. I think those two are the most likely to, yep. if they fall out a bit, fold into a domestique role and be. Also go for stages. Bahrain generally free their guys to go for stages, which I like. Milan, don't be surprised if he wins the sprint stage because honestly, the sprint field here is pretty thin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what Bahrain will do. Uh, Alperson are going for, I think, Groves for the sprints with a long lead out train and Aldani, who's won a Giro stage before. I'll speed run them. Uh, Astana, though, Benji. They bring... Velasco's won a... It's a pretty good team. Like Velasco yeah. won the Valenciana break. Dombrowski looked good in 
some maybe tour of the alps or something um Battistel yep. is okay cav here though no bolt why did they sign case bolt to never send him to races with cav <laughs> absolutely no clue genuinely no clue i i recall there being something with similar agents or same agents throughout certain signings and i think bull wasn't this had the same agent as another rider so maybe he had the same agent as cavendish i actually have no clue but i will say that cavendish has a chance to win a stage on this yeah. on this list of riders that's here that being said we're talking about sprinters and we're talking about Asana, we're talking about cavendish and so forth this is a strong steam like belasco and so forth those are riders that will be able to be in breakaways and so forth. Batistella as well, strong rider to do that. And I've probably skipped a few in that list as well. But I would say that the sprinter I'm mainly looking forward to, Gaviria's here and so forth, but Mess Peterson, it's not confirmed to start the stuff today, but on paper, they are here with Peterson, who said that he was going to ride every bloody race in the season yeah. uh, before the year. So on paper, he's here. And if he's here, he could actually win multiple sprint stages with a with a Kirsch lead out. And he's won uh, a stage in the Tour and the Vuelta last year, so he can make it all three at this. Molimar too. Oh, really? Molimar as well. I hope they've sent a... I think they will send a better versatile team for Pedersen because last year in the Vuelta, they sent like four 55-kilo guys to chase uh, breakaways in the Medium Mountains. Yeah, poor Fompe and Kenny. Not their fault, but... um, yeah, I think Alex Kier should be hoping he gets a bit of help um, for the leadouts for Mads Pedersen. We also have a very similar team in Jayco, who bring Matthews in that role, Demarkey for breakaways, uh, and Zana, I, I'm not sure, and Dunbar as their GC guy. I They're not bringing uh, Harper, even though he was at Romandy, yep. quite strong for Dunbar. That's curious, but that that's their team construction. Maybe too good. Maybe. Tour de France. Yeah, Harper's good. Uh, DSM, Lechnerson for breaks, and Dainese for a sprint stage. And Mate, yeah. I will slap on the table. Max Poole should have been here. 20-year-old, let's jump him into the jail. Why not? Well, that's... that. I mean, no Bardet, no Poole. Maybe Poole is going to do the Tour de France? Nah. Well, up probably, I guess. I mean, yeah, to be frank, their team is not that good. But they still have an option for a stage with Lechnerson from the break and Dainese. I yeah. don't think he'll win a sprint stage. He kind of all the stars aligned last year. Um, it's not the best squad, and Vitaberg's not stepped up too much. Uh, Arkea, I believe, will be sending Bargui, and he won a Torino stage last year. Breakaway, they'll all be going for the break, and maybe Decker some break sprint. Movistar bring uh, a sprint train for Gaviria, who just won in Romandy. Verona is confirmed, and it seems like Verona is like the patron of the team. Like when he, I think he and uh, Valverde left of Welter 21, and that's when Lopez and Mas it all went to shit because he Verona was rooming with Lopez. I think he's a bit of a leader in that team, Verona, and they have yeah. Rubio as their GC guy. He won a stage obviously on Jais, and they, if you read a mark, there was a marker article. They really think Rubio is can progress and be there be their GC guy. So he is their GC leader, but others will get their option, I think. GC leader? I, I don't see it. Well, neither do I. I'm just saying what the marker article said. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Sosa <laughs> last year. <laughs> no, it exactly is. No, because the it's marker article happening. came out two hours after the Jorgensen uh, had lost a news thing. 
It's like, yeah. don't worry about losing Jorgensen. We got Ina Rubio. Um, that was, I think, the spin. But yeah, Will Barter climbing very well in Romandy. He also could be pretty dangerous in a week one break, I would say. Uh, Israel Pozzo going for top 10. Seb Berwick there and Simon Clark and Richard Tello. I'm really keen to see the young American Williams. It's actually, given the Wirt Schmitz here, this squad has done well in Italian races uh, before, and I wouldn't be surprised to for them to run T10 in GC and win a stage. Groupama, Pino is in very good shape. Amir Kung, Leonard, Mollard, Stewart, Thompson, Vandenberg. So the young Kiwi, Thompson's making his debut. It's... I don't know, Benji. Like, they don't have a sprinter. Kung's here for the TTs. They've brought a lot of rulers. I don't like when teams bring four or five rulers and mm-hmm. they don't get stage freedom for a non-GC favorite. So I'm hoping Amirel, Leonard, Malad, Stewart, Vandenberg all get their option in breakaways. Even Pino, because he's not going to top five this Grand Tour anyway with all these time trial colors. Well, that's the next point. You reckon he should just... Last year, he last Giro, I agree. Like, he Pino could, based on Romandy's shape, he could run sixth or seventh at this Giro. But is that what you want to go out on? Like, he's done better than that in Grand Tours before. Yep. This guy's podium the Tour isn't the stage win, which he could do easily from the break, given his Pino's current climbing shape. He can win a stage easily from the breakaway in the right circumstances. Isn't that what you want, that photo on the wall? I would think so. And maybe in the first week, he says, I want to try and keep myself up in GC because on Campo Imperatore, he can actually still compete for the stage maybe even if he loses time he can compete for that stage regardless from the peloton because from the breakaway it might not be easy on that stage i think it starts with flat starts and not necessarily a climbing start but um when it comes to like the second week and the third week that's when he should have lost time to go in breakaways and make sure that he can actually win those stages like there's a stage in in week three that we'll talk about a bit later volley solo or something volley solo i forgot the name completely but it's like a climb with like a small climb at the end as well. And that's a break stage in my head. That's the kind of stage O'Connor would have, would have won in that, in that Giro where he's won a, a loads of, a loads of break stage. And there's a lot of these teams. Like you spoke about this team. Aj Desir is also a team where I'm like, Aurelien Pantry. he's got the same situation. He can top 15 no, to the France Giro, but he's going to be doing GC, even though when it comes to time trials, he's probably gonna, his time trial is not 15. Who the fuck cares about position 11 to 15? I know, 15? it's like... Fuck that. It's so pointless. How do we call that again? No, we didn't call Zone that anything. irrelevancy. That was for 16 to 20, right? No, or... 10 to 15 is irrelevant. Oh, okay. 11 to 15. 10th is important. Like, did you know Jan Hirt came 6th in the Jura last year? Yeah. Like, you did know, do the point? sponsors know? Like, <laughs> that's 6th. Now, yeah. who came 12th? In the no Giro last year. I mean, yeah, it'll be like a second-tier climbing domestic. Like, Micah came 10th in Romandy, not even trying for GC. So, yeah. yeah, maybe he falls so far out of GC, he can go on the break anyway. But, yeah, Asia 2 is going for a breaks. Um, it's not the best team, I must say, although I quite like Baudin. Uh, and then, yeah, Consoni, Lafayette, Cofidis, the probably the biggest GC team we haven't mentioned is EF Education Easy Post. I think Uran is supposed to be doing this race. I know yeah. Carthy and Court are definitely doing it. 
um, Emberiol because it's the law. And I think Carthys are, based on this th third week, a pretty realistic top five GC option, actually. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if he wins like the Trey Chimi stage because he's so far behind the big guys and he's yeah. really good on the super steep stuff. Uh, but they'll be going in breaks, Cepeda, although Alps, his Alps to Giro form translation is usually 100% to 0%. Um, but they'll be going for breaks and cord and all that yeah. sort of good jazz. When it comes to cord, we can't really talk about what he will do in his Grand Tour before we jump into the stages because the riders like him, the riders like the sprinters and so forth, we need to go slowly or quickly through the sprint stage to see how versatile they are if there's break opportunities because I'm like, in a versatile sprint stage, Court's still on the lower hand. So on paper, he should go in the break in those kind of stages. So Based on Romandy. Yeah. Because he was, he was nowhere in those group sprints. And yeah, I agree. Like, based on Romandy, I would not be just... And, and like in the Vuelta 20... Mate. Whatever it was. Madison destroys him. Oh, yeah. And maybe Bling too. Maybe Roglic. Like... Court was nowhere in those in sprints. I think he's better in the break. So uh, let's get into that now. Well, I think we've gone through all the big teams. Yeah. Sorry, Bardiani. They haven't announced their team. We would have mentioned Mate, them. Mate, Fortunato Cortec sprinters. Cortec, let's just say, Cortec being here is a joke. I, no, I'm sure they're lovely I, guys, lovely project, Mate, but they are not a pro team. Conti they are going team. to top five, five sprint stages. Cortec? Top 10, five sprints, okay? They have oh, with, Tivani with Herman Tivani and Attilio Viviani, and together they've top ten five San Juan sprints. So I believe they're gonna do five top tens in the Giro as well. Man, this sprint field is bad, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. Shoreli of Bardiani could actually top ten sprint stages. Ballerini would easily be top fiving these stages. If Groves is coming, he's on for a Giro stage win. Why aren't DSM bringing Wellsford for the first 10 days? Good question. Like... Tour? I mean, can't he do the first 10 days and then bounce before Kranz Montana? Yeah. I don't think it's legal for Wellsford to be even allowed to do that um, stage 13 first climb. I don't think the UCI allow it. <laughs> I don't think, and Wells would be like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> and he, man, he'd clean up a couple of stages. So I, I said this on Twitter the other day. Given this stage, okay, also, before we get into stage, the UCI points has changed a lot in Grand Tours. It's now flipped from last year. There is, like, I think 500% more points dished out per stage of Grand Tours, and you get like 130 points for third in a Giro stage, if you bring Wellsford or, or other teams like FDJ, or they don't really need it, but I'm not sure which sprinter into Marche are bringing, who we didn't mention, uh, they should they should bring they bring Bonifacio. I would bring Herben Tayson for points, because um, there's big points on offer here, and the, the sprint field is dire. Um, Herben to the tour, my man. Yeah, but, and this is the second part of my point. Why don't you just abandon? Like these teams, Yumbo, Ineos, Quickstep, they can't afford to just burn a rider and not and have one less for the last week. They can't do that. But DSM, like, yep. can they do without Martin Tushfeld and put Wellsford in? Does if they don't have Tushfeld on the third week, can Intermarche do without 
Patelli, <laughs> you know, if he goes, it's, <laughs> I, it's less of a sacrifice. Anyway, stage one, TT, 20 kilometers, maybe a little bit longer. It's flat, non-technical for the first 18 Ks, and then they have a 1.2 K, 5.2% climb before another little short descent for a K, and then a kick up to the finish. Ghana will be the favorite, but he's not. First of all, Ineos TTs haven't blown me away so far this year. Second of all, Ghana's not also blown me away so far this year. And the uphill kick at the end, he still will be the favorite. He still should win. But I think the gap to Avonapol and Roglic will be really small. I think so as well. And especially with like the, the small hill at the end, that might even favor Demetain a bit more. But on the flat part, on paper, Ghana should be very Killed. competitive. Yeah. Hmm. I think Ghana wants to win at least one time trial in this, in this race, if not more. He wants to win both time trials. But I don't think it will be as easy as in the past. And no. I would say it's between Remco and Ghana for this time trial. But this is also the kind of time trial where Roglic can still compete. But... On paper, he should be losing time to Remco, I would say. I but but remember Basque Country? Exactly. I think it was harder. Basque Country uh, last year, was it? Yeah. The opening TT, Roglic beat Remco by a reasonable amount. And I, I do think it was punchier because I'm just going to guess it's in pace Vasco. So I think Ghana wins, but I think the margin is tiny and this will be really, really tight. Maybe Tobias Foss wins. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's non-technical. Uh, I'm going with Ghana, though, Benji. Someone will write these down, so we've got we to gotta do it. It's the rules. We've been doing this for three years. Ghana wins stage one. I'm going to go with Remco because uh, you Ballad. went with Ghana, and I'm Belgian, so I have to select the Belgian card or True. I will be kicked out of the country, and I don't want that. So <laughs> I guess we'll Not win yet. with Remco Everpool on the stage. I mean, they haven't kicked you out yet after all the, all the, all the things you've said <laughs> in the past. Um uh, I'll do evens, you do odds, Benji. Stage two, 204Ks. It's a sprint stage. This is why, you know, this is just a long, boring sprint stage with the Bice brothers in the breakaway. There are some medium mountain climbs, but they're with like 80Ks from the finish. No concern to anybody, or shouldn't be at least. It's why teams should be sending their best sprinters, um, Groenewegen or Wellsford here. And yeah, I'm going with uh, Mark Cavendish, Benji. Okay, I'm going to go with, um, with Mess Pedersen because I trust Kirsch as lead out a lot in this race. And I feel like Pedersen is going to destroy sprints, even though they're flat sprints. He's going to do so because of Kirsch's lead out and hole in that lead out and so forth. And that combination will be brutal on the majority of sprint stages and might even be more favorable on the, uh, the hilly ones, I would say, the, the more punchy sprint stage. And if we talk about punchy sprint stages, I'm not sure stage three fits under that it's really it's hard isn't it it's a really hard parkour actually it's like the last 30 kilometers have the hills while the rest of the stage is completely flat and it's a six kilometer climb roughly at six percent then another three kilometers at six percent after a small descent and then we've got about if i had to guess 20 to 15 kilometers of descending and a bit of a ramp towards the finish line with a flat finish is what i'm looking at and when i look at this i'm like huh is this okay for Peterson? Can he get over this? And I'm like, the best Peterson gets over this. But will he be at his best because he's done all the races this season? 
Uh, it's another long stage. And again, sorry, we're on the eastern coast of Italy here. We're going to work our way uh, around town from Vasto to Melfi. But it, it's one of those ones, Benji, where, yeah, if the GC guys don't go mad, Pedersen should yep. make it. Now, my question is, does Remco or Roglic try something here? Because this is kind of like that. this finish, that Vuelta stage that Solari. Fred Wright crashed uh, Roglic oh. out of. You know, it's kind of that uphill drag. And, you know, that wasn't finished really that hard. And it depends if the GC guys really go for it. Does Ghana, say Ghana has won the TT, does Ghana lose pink here? Does he get dropped on that climb? That's another question mark I have. I really think he should come back and he shouldn't be getting dropped properly here and he'll be yeah. motivated to keep pink. So there's a lot of things in play here. Will the GC guys go? Will pink be in changing hands? Will the break win? I don't nah. think so. If you're Pedersen and Trek, the break cannot be winning this stage. You have to go for it with, with Pedersen. Yeah, exactly. They should help too for Bling. Um, I don't know who you got. I really, this is a stage I've struggled really to to pick because it really depends on the teams. But yeah, I'm I'm going with Pedersen, Benji. Oh, uh, if you're going for Pedersen, then uh... I stole it from you. I know you think he'll win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Vincenzo Albanese. <laughs> That's outrageous. Anyway, it's gonna that'll be an interesting me. final. Stage 4, 184Ks. Now, this is a difficult stage. Up and down literally all day from uh, Venosa to Lago Lacena. Why did I do it in Catalan? Lago Lacena. <laughs> um, it is not difficult for the first 160Ks. It is shallow climbs, 5%, 4%, very long. A team could take this up and make this really hard. I really think it. this is leaning 80% breakaway to me. The last 4.4Ks of the climb are at 8.5%, that is difficult. But then there's a 4.5K flat plateau at the end. We're not at altitude. This is a big ask to pace all day with your team to probably have a group of 10 at the finish. Exactly, and I feel like this is kind of like that Almeida stage where, well, the stage where Almeida lost minutes in 2021, uh, where he forgot to eat and so forth. This is kind of a stage where the break will probably take the Malia Rosa because if Gunnar's not in the pink jersey at this point, then a GC rider will try to give it away. Roglic will try to give it away, or Remco will try to give it away, most likely Remco in my scenario at this point anyway. And if that happens, then... It's likely going to be a, a breakaway rider that takes it. And Demarkey won that a few years ago. Oh, that's a good shout. But I don't know. I feel like even Zana could go in the breakaway. Leknesund, we could see. Jungles. I have a list of the riders that I could see in breakaways. Lafay is also one of those riders, yep. even though I'm not sure about this specific finish. Uh, so many. Healy? Like, Healy. Yeah, there's so many riders that it's like you got no GC options. You can take the Malia Rosa. And you're right, it's like Covey, um, Mollema, Lechnesund, Harm van Hoeke. Who else? Um, I would like... Herkots? Her Is he here? Uh, no, nah, he's, he's climbing not good enough. As I said, Jungles, uh, Zambanini, 
Dombrowski, Larry Warbass. There, that's why all these guys got to get in the break. There's two hills at the start to get in the break, and I'm going with Joe Dombrowski dropping everybody because he was with Dom. He was with um <laughs> yeah. Demarkey. Remember, they're the guys. And if Tarame's doing the Giro, put him on the list too. But I'm going with Joe Dombrowski. They've changed the wheels. He gets payback. Wins this stage. Takes pink. Very possible. I'm gonna go with. Uh... Is Ben Healy confirmed for this race? No, mate. EF is have EF confirmed their start list <laughs> on a Tuesday before a major race. Nah, they'll do it on Saturday stage morning. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go not for Healy, just for the fact that they haven't confirmed their start list. I'm gonna go for Zana. I don't. I don't trust Jake. <laughs> but Me yeah, neither. your pick. Your pick. Stage five. Hit me with it. Uh, stage five got a stage from Atripalda to Salerno, which is a stage where the first 70% has some hills in it. Makes it a bit more versatile for the pure sprinters, but the last, like, what is it, 30, 40 kilometers is basically flat. And when I look at that, I'm like, okay, the stage is not necessarily hard enough to make it super hard, but there might be a sprinter, a pure sprinter that's gone on the first half of this race because Fredo will need to... They will need to keep things together. They will need to keep the break from exploding at the front of the race. Need to keep 20 riders from going into the breakaway. That kind of stuff. And they can only do that by pacing relatively hard on the first 50 kilometers of the stage. And because of that, I'm going to... Can I just blank slate just call Peterson for every single sprint stage in this race? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. The majority we're rapid he will fire this. Miss oh, Peterson. No. Well, see, I see this differently. And that's because of... Pedersen is a step above Court and Matthews, I yep. think. So if I'm right. Jayco and EF looking at this, with that 4K 7.6% climb at the start, are you really going to pace or help Trek for Court to probably lose that sprint? Court's got to get in this break. Matthews, got to get in this break. I mean, Eschborn Frankfurt, they chased all day yesterday for nothing. And then that climb with... A long time left is 3Ks, 8%. That can really break up. Now, Trek should have a good squad where mm. Molima can pull that climb and then Kirsch can do the flat. But really, like, I think the versatile sprinters got to be going in the breakaway here. I think it gets caught, and I think Jonathan Milan wins the sprint. But Court cool. and um, the others should be going in the break. Actually, no, no, no. Court wins from the break. Stage six. 155Ks. To me, this is a much more nailed-on sprint stage. There is a 10.5K, 6% climb at the start, but then it's so easy afterwards. I'm going with Milan to win the sprint uh, on stage six. It's flat into Naples after a little bit of a hilly circuit starting in Naples. Are you going... Pedersen's your Peterson, blank slate for six? Miss Peterson, next stage seven is from Capua <laughs> to Campo Imperatore. This is uh, the first... Proper mountain stage, if you yeah. don't consider the uh, Lago Laseno climb as a mountain. This is a parkour where the first 75% has two climbs in it, but I wouldn't say they will actually influence the race. They're not at the start, so it will not help a breakaway form, and they're not hard enough for attrition to really kick in too much either, so it will all come down to the last climb, and there's an opportunity for a breakaway to win this if the peloton really takes a, a pissing break of like 10 minutes by the side of the road. But when it comes to GC, I just see a max of maybe 10 seconds here or there, 15 seconds here or there, maybe a bit of a, is it steep enough to make a big difference? Or are we saying this is going to be a bit of a group sprint at the end of the climb? Well, I mean, 
the partner in crime in Catalonia after those stages like um, Chicone is not doing the Giro, unfortunately. We forgot to mention that for Trek because of COVID. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that Gegenhart is like the final ramp, 7K, 7%. Gegenhart's good at that, but he's been good at Valenciana, Sons, Roglic, Pog, Remco. And I want to know will Quickstep take this up? It's 220Ks. It's a long ass climb, you know, 26Ks of climbing. Yeah, but. If you are Roglic quick step, is the favorite to win this group sprint. But if you are a quick step, would you not want to make it hard on the initial slopes of that major climb? Yeah. Because you want to attack on the not obvious gradients halfway to climb? I really, this is a weird climb and it really depends on how they see their relative team strengths. I think if I'm Yumbo, I'd be like, hey. Roglic 7k 7%. I'll take our chances in a sprint for bonus seconds yeah. and the stage win. I doubt like they're going to burn the team in pace all day. As you said, Breakaway has a real chance and probably on it depends Benji. Like if Quick if Remco's he could be in pink at this point if they haven't given it away. Do they try and win in pink? I don't know. I don't Remco's the kind of guy that would want that, eh? He wants yeah. to win in a certain jersey he for his Instagram, also for the honor of doing that. But this is a copy-paste of the Giro 2018 Stage 9, won by Simon Yates, where 11 riders were in 30 seconds. So they did go to GC that year. I don't know the specific situation that caused that to happen. But um, I'm going Roglic. I think it somehow comes back together. Okay, I'm going to go with... um. Not gonna go with Mess Peterson for this one, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> if you go for Roglic, I need to go for the other guy. I do think Roglic has a bigger chance, but I'll go with Remco. Okay, I thought you were gonna go Gagenhart, kind of a nah. nut. You don't think you can beat them in a sprint? Nah. Maybe nah. Huge gets away. Anyway, stage eight from Terni to Fossombroni. This is kind of a copy paste of a Tirreno stage that Lutschenko won ahead of Fulsang and Roglic a few years ago. It is, I think, harder than it looks. Yes, it's kind of, there is a 5k, 6% climb for break formation right at the start, first 10k's. Then it's just flat, pretty much no categorized climbs. Then they have a hilly circuit, the Cap Cappuccini climb, I'm going to call it the Cappuccino climb. <laughs> it is 2.1k's, 10%, descent straight into 7k's, 7%, with a 2.3k, 11% wall, and then another descent straight into Samuro, um, what's it called? Monfelicino. 800 meters, 11% descent, and then the cappuccino climb again, 2.1k, 10% before the finish. I don't know how technical the descents are. It is, it, it certainly could be a Betty old Campanarts type stage from an old Dani, but I think these gradients are quite steep. And yep. Roglic from Emilia, Almeida, would it surprise you if Bora took this up? It, it really wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Quickstep takes it up, for example. You reckon? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that. Now, when it comes to the initial breakaway, I think that the breakaway still has a large chance of, of winning because it's a long stage to control. But when I take a look at the final, it's, it's really hard, that Cappuccini climb, for example. So it wouldn't shock me if an could try something on this parkour. And maybe they try and make the first two of these climbs with last four hard and then see if he can make a move on the second last climb on that small hill, 
or whether he actually wants to go all yeah. out on the cappuccini climb to try and thin out the herd. I don't know, but I see possibilities. I think this is going to be a GC for AI. I think teams are going to think like Bora tried on the uh, stage 14 Torino stage last year. Gasparotto is their DS. They like to just all of a sudden start pacing hard. They also can throw Kamna up the road or Vlasov. I really think, I think two or three GC teams are going to think they have a chance here. And I think if a small enough break goes, you can control that with, you know, Nico Dens, Seri, Hassman. So this stage, I think, will be GC time. And we could have a, yeah, could have moves. Now, it is before the last, uh, this, Second time trial, 34Ks. Now, how that plays into teams thinking, do they want to conserve before the TT? Who am I going with? Uh, I'm going with uh, Victor Lafay from the breakaway. Victor Lafay from the breakaway, he says. I'm going to go After with... After all I said about GC. I mentioned Betiol for this, but I'm going to go with Healy, even though I'm not sure he's oh, going to ride good. this race. I'm going to go with Healy nonetheless. This kind of the parkour, I feel like yeah. his skills fit the best. But uh, yeah. He's good in Settimana. Italian circuits, yeah. this is perfect for him. I think so as well. Now, you're right. We go on to the, the big time trial after this. It's uh, above 30 kilometers. It is completely flat, though. So on paper... The pacing strategies throughout will be relatively similar. Is it a technical parkour or do you not have a clue on it? I don't think so. I know they I don't know if this is the bike path one or if that's the stage no, one TT. That's one. One? Okay. This isn't technical, I don't think. They do go into a techno gym village from the coast, from where in is the that? north. Yeah, it sounds kind of a dystopian industrial estate. So um maybe it <laughs> look like a Yeah, it's probably not the most attractive finish, but I'll reserve judgment. Anyway, I go for Remco here. I have to go for Remco. I think Ghana will be a little bit less. I know it suits him in theory, but I think the Sheptal Scud gets this done. I think it's very possible. But the question I want to ask you now is we've spoken about it a bit when it comes to the GC fight earlier. How much time can Remco take in time trials in this race? Will he take time in time trials? I mean, yeah, he should. He should in theory. I. The TTs are not like that. That Olympics parkour was very specific where it was, yeah, and we don't really have that. We basically have two flat pretty much apart from a punch TTs and then a, a mountain TT. We don't have like a hilly up and down TT where I think Remco loses time in corners. He's not as good at cornering on the TT bike. He lost the world championships because of that last year. And yeah. so... These TTs suit him more, I would say. I haven't walked the this course, but that's why I think... I don't know. I would say 30 seconds over 34Ks. It could be up to a minute, but me saying 30 seconds is saying that's Roglic doing really well. I yeah. think Roglic should be doing really well in this TT, but that still means a 30-second loss. Yep. I, I agree. Uh... It's difficult to predict, you know, because we don't know which Roglic we're going to get. Are we going to get the Olympic Roglic? And it's also in the earlier part of Grand Tour where I trust the Roglic TT more than in the last yeah. week, for example. So I think Roglic will be on point. And I, f I, f I still feel like the mountain stage will decide the Grand yeah, Tour so. more than, the, than these time trials will, even though a lot of people are saying, oh, the, the time trials will decide everything. I don't think so. 
If Renko takes two minutes, I'd be super... Like, I don't see anything like that. 90 seconds, two minutes on this TT. Yeah. 45 seconds in total over the two TTs, or are we talking more? Of the two? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Because okay. stage one, that TT is good for Roglic too. Um, he's good on those TTs, punching up at the end. Uh, who you got for this? Ghana, Remco, Roglic, Foss, Aaron's well, you had Remco. Thomas. You had Remco, but I'm also going to go with Remco because otherwise my narrative of, of the storyline so far doesn't really work out. But hey, that's the time trial, and that is when the first rest day hits, right? It is indeed. That's when you jettison back to, back to Belgium, Benji. Uh, stage 10 is a copy-paste of stage 5, just a little bit more severe, so I'm leaning towards breakaway. I think Magnus Court wins from the break on stage 10. It finishes in Via Reggio. It's like climbing for the first 82 Ks. Controlling that will be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so I think that's this is breakaway with versatile sprinters. Should Trek also put Peterson in the break on this stage? 100%. And Matthews. Court wins the stage? Yep. Okay. We agree on that. On to stage 11 then. Even though I said I was going to give Mess Peterson every single flat sprint stage. <laughs> you can give him this one. <laughs> I'll give him this one. Camajore to Tortone. Tortona, sorry. Is a kind of stage where there's three hills in it, but on paper, they shouldn't be hard enough to drop the likes nah. of Mess Peterson, but the Mess Peterson of the world might be trying to drop the Mark Cavendish of the world. And oh, gross. If they do that, then we're probably going to see a sprint at the end. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go for Groves. I'm going to go with Pedersen for stage 11. <laughs> stage 12 from Bra to Rivoli. 180Ks. This is, again, I think it has to be a breakaway stage. There's a collection of medium mountain hills at the beginning. There's then in the last 25 kilometers an 11K 6% climb with 5Ks at 8.3% before a descent and a flat finish. I think, in theory, again, Trek could control this. They could control the climb. They could then go for Pedersen in the sprint. It's a bit of a risk. I'm going to go with... Uh, I think this is like a versatile guy. I, I don't... With that, those gradients from the break, like Lorenzo Rotor in theory, or I haven't mentioned anyone from... Like Zana could be good in this. I'm going to go with Bob Jungles. Okay, what kind of stage do we feel like Lechnison could be winning? Because... This sort of one. Okay. I'm going to go for Lechnison. <laughs> uh, I will say, however, the last half of that climb is really hard. So yeah. we might see a, we might see a, who knows, Roglic versus Evenepoel. We saw that Roglic attacked on a similar stage like this and then crashed into the Send in the Velta a few years True, ago. True, yeah. Is this similar. that stage? <laughs> I know how technical the descent is. Um, I've gotten us mixed up. I'll just do, I'll continue doing odds. Stage 13. From Borgo Franco di Vrea to Crans Montana, we have said break, 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 sprint, 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 sprint. Here we have nailed on GC, 207 kilometers, 6,000 meters Denevel, 34 kilometers, 5.5%, the big road from Italy to Switzerland over the Col du Grand Saint Bernard, descent, Croix de Coeur, they skip around, um, the, the lo they go the hard way to Verbier. 15.5 Ks, 8.6% descent, and then 15K Valley, Crans Montana, 13K, 7.5%. This is an absolute brute of a stage. And there has to be monster gaps here, Benji. Yep. This is the, the 
queen stage maybe of the of the Giro. There's multiple queen stages available if you look at the parkour, yeah. but this is one where I'm like, damn, there's a lot possible here. And there's also a lot possible where you're like, ooh, will they attack early on the stage? The the quadricure is the climb we saw in the in the Tour de France last year, where attacks were happening on the quadricure, even though it was the second last climb. And I'm like, this is a very hard climb. This is one of those where it's one of the hardest second last climbs we've seen in Grand Tours in a while, and differences can be made on this climb. But will the situation in GC be available for that? Will Roglic be willing to throw it all on the table on a stage like this? Can they put satellite riders in the breakaway early on in a stage like this to make sure that Roglic can try and attack towards that satellite rider on the Quadacur or something, and then in the valley they try and benefit from that satellite rider? Those are the kind of strategy you think about when you look at this parkour. And can an MCO do that if Roglic is in GC? That's a bit more questionable, I think. I think Roglic has more the team for satellite riders than a quick step does, but I don't know, man. Attritional Sam Benar, <laughs> Quadacur will will do something. Explode if nobody it, yeah. tags on Quadacur, I'm gonna be in a depressed state that evening. I mean, even Grand Saint Bernard, 18.3 Ks the final ramp. 6.5% average to 2,470 meters altitude. That is hard. And I know it's yeah. the first climb of the day. Like anything could happen in this stage. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Vine winning. Ooh. Okay. And he, he's partnered with a GC rider ahead of him, and there's some sort of arrangement. Okay, this is where we, uh, where we, uh, where we clash, I'm afraid. Well, Almeida wins the stage. I was going to go Almeida. I wanted to pick one of the two <laughs> UAE guys. I, I feel like there's this situation where, yeah, like the draft still matters on these climbs. We have that valley and yeah, it's, I think one of Remco or Roglic has a, is going to lose time on this stage based on pure watts per kilo. Remco looks, is better on the, on the longer, but, and listen, I've been a Remco booster for whatever, since 2018, 19. We ain't seen him on a stage like this. The Vuelta didn't have anything like this. There is yeah. still that question mark. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's just going to crumble because there's some killer jewels. Uh, but I think, I think there's some sort of alliance. And yeah, I, I go Vine, you go Almeida. Stage 14, Benji. Uh, this, yes. is, this is such a classic. This is like a Vuelta stage. This is like a... It's also just a Giro stage. The Giro does this all the time where you've got <laughs> so like a, a completely flat stage and then there's like a... A proper, a proper climb in the first half of the race. Talking about a proper climb, we're talking about. Would this be a, a first it's an HC climb? climb? It's twenty k, six point six percent to over two thousand meters. That's yeah, that's fucked. You're right. Do we see an attack of Remco until four hundred and ten kilometers nah. before the finish line? <laughs> Do we see an OTL here from a sprinter? Ooh, maybe. Cav's gone. Cav could be yeah. gone, but. Who will get over this climb with the top riders? Peterson? Break? This is why Ethan Hayter should have done this Giro. If you take his Tion climbing form and yep. he goes in the break here, like that break, he'll be pulling that break away. And then he can climb better than Peterson. Now, I don't know if Peterson's in, you know, Peterson made the base of Col de la Lowe's in 2020 Tour de France with Port. He came back on the descent. I don't yep. know. This is how long have they got? They have 120Ks to catch the break. So it depends on the team Trek send or Jayco. I'm leaning towards 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with my Nah Velasco not good enough climber. It's it's gonna be a sprint. Patterson. Okay. I'm gonna go with Magnus Court Nielsen break, even though break. I believe it's gonna be Patterson. <laughs> Fair enough. Stage 15, the last before the second rest day, 197Ks. These are some long stages. We've only had one proper GC day in the second week, by the way, but a decisive one, as we said. We're in Lombardy. Lombardia now from Sereno to Bergamo. It is up and down all day. This is the Bora Hansgrohe trademark too. We have medium mountains, 12Ks, 8%, 12Ks, 5%, 5Ks, 7%, then a nice climb, 10.8Ks, 6.2%, before a little punch at the end of 1300 meters, 7.3%. This is where you could theoretically also play numbers if you still have them, because the climbs are the climbs are not so hard that Remco and Roglic can just put a minute into you. And then there's valleys in between where those two, whichever one's in the lead, they don't just want to pull chasing Gegenhart, chasing Kamner, chasing Vine or Almeida. So I really <laughs> see this as a 2GC. If you have one still close enough, play it here because of the characteristics of the parkour. Will it succeed? Probably not because Quickstep are very strong. <laughs> to be honest, and with their team controlling, but it's a nasty stage, Benji, where it doesn't look like there could be big GC gaps, but there'll be stress, and I think someone will actually lose time on this stage. I'm going to be super boring. I'm going to say this is going to be a, a nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> because I fear people will be like, oh, Bondone is coming tomorrow. True. No, no, resto. Is a rest day before Bondone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, then they're going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> this, is kind of like the, this is like the Simon Yates Torino stage win when Carapaz went, Hindley had to chase him. I really see it similar. I think Bora will try, and but they'll go for their GC guys, yep. so I don't think they'll necessarily win, but I think that means the GC group will win, and I think, uh, I think Roglic wins a small sprint of five guys. And it's not actually, it doesn't end up being that exciting. That's possible. Could be that they go over the, over the top with like five to 10 riders and then they yeah. have like the one-up attacks, but then people come back and then it neutralizes a bit. And then we've got that group sprint at the end. Uh, it's all very possible. Who will win the stage though? You enter at Roglic and then I have to go with the other guy at Emco, but I feel like it's going to be someone else. I don't feel like the top two riders will take this stage. I just don't know who. So I'm going to go Glass with Remco off. just because I can't think of anyone. I don't know. I feel like he's been disappointing this year so far for me. But yeah. we're going to throw it towards uh, a big one again. The rest big day. Boy. No. Uh, after the rest day, we've got Monte Bondone. This is a stage where in the initial Giro Parkour preview, we were like, this is an overrated stage. That's what our, our initial reaction to <laughs> I've that. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I've, I've also changed my mind in the sense that on paper, it's not the stage where I see early action happening. I don't see people necessarily moving early on a stage like this. I think it's that kind of attrition mountain stage where stuff will happen on Bondone. But then you look at Remco and he's the kind of guy where will he wait to attack until the Bondone climb? Probably, because I feel like I feel like Quickstep had disappointed in trying to figure out ways that aren't unexpected for opponents. No? Oh, you like their strategy is just line them up one, two, three, four, pace as hard as you can until you drop, and then Remco goes. That's and also, been what they do. 
Also, when it comes to LBL, their plan initially, according to the interviews, was that they were going to go on the ladder dude anyway, even with, with Pogacar there. And I'm like, yeah, that probably wouldn't have been the best strategy if Pogacar is there. And then I'm looking at other race and I'm like, could have been a bit more inventive in trying to figure out ways to, to destroy your opponents here. Yeah, I think that's right. And also, we don't, you know, after the second rest day, this is a brute of a stage. This is like 6,000 meters Denevelle. And the last eight Ks of Bondone after 200 kilometers is 8 Ks <laughs> at 8% average. Now, it's not the high altitude, but it's still a 20 K 6.7% climb. That's 50 minutes plus. But Paso Santa Barbara, 12.8 Ks, 8.4% to start. That is hard. Like, yep. that is a hard climb. And I don't know. It, it really. I actually don't have too much insightful, frankly, to say about these third week Giro mountain stages. They're super hard. <laughs> Whoever has the best legs on 50 minutes climb, 50 minute yeah. climbs and after 5,000 kilojoules will take time. And your team can help. They can help you set it up. That's for sure. Coos, Van Wilder, Almeida, Vine, they can all do that. Um, but it is, I don't see Ineos doing some masterclass where Gegenhardt goes on Paso Santa Barbara and then Thomas sits in the wheel and then he drops Remco and Roglic afterwards, nah. uh, unless they're injured. It's just, I just don't see it. And so I'm going with Almeida for the win on this one, choo-choo style. Okay, I'm going to go for... Like, I don't feel like Bray can win this either. Even though... No. Then last Second, year we saw yeah. we saw Kovi win the final mountain stage in True. a way where I was also not expecting the break to win it. So, for example, if an Arden's one is in a break or gets an opportunity and he's actually... He should go on the break here. Yeah, that kind of rider I do see competing from the breakaway like he did on Sierra Nevada because on Sierra Nevada I also thought the break wouldn't necessarily be winning that stage. No. But uh, it's probably going to be a GC rider taking it. I'm leaning more towards Roglic than Evenepoel when it comes to really? these brutal stages. Yeah. See, I, after La Molina, like that was the harder stage. I mean, we'll get into it in a second after we do the stage. But, but it's yeah. Catalonia, mate. I know, I know, I know. It's, hey, it's my home race. All right, stage 17 <laughs> from Perigna Valsugana to Kaolole. This is a pure sprint stage. We'll probably have like one pure sprinter left. And I'm going to go Jonathan Milan. You go Pedersen. <laughs> I'm going to go Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> 18 Benji from Odorzo to Valdezoldo. War, war me through this one. Is this Pibol the overrated Pinoids. one? Pardon? The underrated one. Yeah, sorry, is this the overrated GC stage, stage 18? Will they all oh. be looking at Trey Chimi the next day and thinking this isn't the one to go? Yeah, this is a break stage. Pino wins the end. Oh, this. Okay, so I'll run through 13.5k, 7% in the first 40ks. Break will form with Dombrowski, Pino, all those sort of guys. And then who's going to control it? Because the finish is 9.5Ks, 8%, descent, 6Ks, 9%. That is steep and hard. Now, yep. it is, there will be gaps, but are you going to control the mid middle two and a half hours? I no. don't think so. And if you're quick step with that 2.6K, 7% finish, that screaming Roglic punch to me. So, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'm very angry that you jumped the gun and went Pino because <laughs> I would have. We'll share him. All right, we'll share Thibaut Pino. You got um, his left half. <laughs> I get one goat. Stage 19, <laughs> this is a beast. Longaroni, Long, we're in the Dolomites, by the way, in the northeast of Italy. Um, 
181Ks, finishing in the famous Trecci Mi de Lavaredo to the Refugio Aronzon, Ar Aronzo. False slide uphill for the first 70Ks, then 4K 7%, then they do the Paso Valparola, 13.3K 6% to 2200 meters. Descent, little climb. Paso Jiao, 9.8Ks, 9.3% to 2200 meters. That is the climb Bernal destroyed everyone on in the rainy stage of the Giro 21 and that descent into Cortina d'Ampezzo. That's where they stopped yeah. in 21. Here, they then do Trecimi. Paso Tre Croci, 8.2k, 7.2% descent. Then there's a wall. Like a, there's like a 3k, 11% section at the base of the last 9.5% climb up to 2,300 meters. This is, if you drop on Zhao, you are fucked. Because there's <laughs> over an hour left, like, this is a beast of a stage. It's actually crazy if you look at the stage. And it's the kind of stage where we always fear about, oh, is it going to be fully visible and so forth? But I would say that this gives me Nibali vibes because I, I recall that he won on the stage in the, in the past. And I'll, I'm always hyped when I, when I recall that. He might not have won the stage, but might have been in the Giro that he won. Hopefully I'm right, because otherwise my Nibali facts are wrong. I think wrong. you're right. I think Contador did something on this, on Trechimi before. Yeah, I think Rojano was in this Giro as well. The guy that was with Contador on Etna as well. And then Rojano got banned for... Do anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get back to this stage. This is going to be a brutal mountain stage. This is going to be a decisive stage. Time will be between the two favorites. There will be one finisher, a solo finisher at the end is my take. And uh, that rider is going to be Joao Almeida. You reckon? Yeah, last week Almeida's coming, man. Facts. You know how I always make the joke, I'm like, oh, if the climb was just 10 minutes longer, Almeida would have won by two minutes. This is that. <laughs> yeah. it's just the climb just keeps, the stage just keeps going. Um, the stage you're referencing, Nibali did win. Now that was a lot easier. It was flat for the first 180Ks, pretty much. And he put uh, 1 minute 30 into Evans on a much easier stage. They did no climbs pretty much before Trey Chimi uh, in that year. So Evans lost a GC position to Nibali in 2013. This stage is obscenely hard before. And have I picked anyone? You have not. GC Coos. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Coos wins. Okay. Is he going to just... I don't know how. Maybe Robich <laughs> has crashed out. Maybe I think Coos... Mate, if Roglic has crashed out... The only scenario in which Kuz wins is if Roglic is there, because if he, if Roglic crashes out, then Kuz will attack early, go a bit too hard, and then he'll drop. UAE tour style. Nah, but this is like, Kuz is, when people say pure climber, that's up Kuz. Like, look at his riding position. It's very unaerodynamic, kind of like Pino's. He's very good descending, and he's very good after ridiculous fatigue. There's no flat on this. It's all descents, long climbs. To altitude, I, I think, yeah, I think that's him. Um, but yeah, I you agree. Were, Probably won't. <laughs> you were mentioning the factor of like, oh, if Roglic crashed out, how do you see the crash probability between Roglic and Emko? I don't think it's too dissimilar. Yes. Like, Remco did have a crash in the in the Vuelta last year where it was a bit of a silly crash. I know the motorbike was there, but I think other riders avoid that too. I think when Remco... I think Roglic is more likely to crash. I think Remco is maybe more likely to crash severely. Yeah. If 
I probably I do trust Roglic more on the big long descents solo in the hectic run-ins in a hectic sprint finish I think Roglic is more likely to crash so it's not just a, oh he's a bad handler he's a better yeah. handler I think it's a bit more nuanced than that um but it, it's really hard to put a probability on it um I just hope both I hope both stay up because listen no one wants this third week to be dominated by one rider we're all hoping if you backload the parkour this much that they are both uh, we have a historic battle, not just between them, between hopefully Gegenhart and Thomas and Almeida and Vine and everybody on this stage. Now, the next stage is also going to be pretty legendary, isn't it? Ridiculous. Uh, it is one of the craziest stages I've seen in my, in my lifetime. It's a We've never covered mountain... anything like this. <laughs> it's actually fun. It's a mountain time trial. The first half is regular. It's a flat, flat run in the first half of the parkour. In total, it's 18.3 kilometers, 11 kilometers flat at the start and then we start a 7.1 kilometer climb at 12.2 percent up to 22 percent and can we discuss this for a second yeah back when we were doing the Giro preview root root reaction whatever we called that that podcast we spoke about the first eight kilometers being concrete paved and not so not unpaved as rumored is it unpaved or is it not or is it paved? Because I'm oh, so it's not beautiful hot mix. It's like okay. concrete slab stuff with corrugations in the middle for water runoff. So okay. Jack Haig went and reconned this before the snow came with I think Sam Benini back in October or November last year. Um, and he was like, the road surface is is terrible. And so yeah, like a 4.7k 15% section. The car the team cars, I think Thomas just said on a podcast, the team cars with the spare bikes can't follow it's too steep motorbikes probably. so the i think a ds will be on a motorbike with a spare bike i shit you not a ds the or a mechanic mechanic maybe imagine seeing um <laughs> vinokurov on the back of a motorbike just holding a villain <laughs> there's no even thing how do you he's strapped to his back like a <laughs> jesus um maybe they, yeah the so this is in, I think, the Friuli-Venezia region. It's near the border of um, Slovenia in Italy. There will be probably 500,000 Slovenians here. It goes to Monte Lusari, which is a uh, like a, say, uh, I think it's a Catholic site, um, a monastery or something. It's still got snow on the road, I'm pretty sure, but they're trying to open it up to recon. Yeah. The, the gradient is so ridiculous enough, back to the road surface, Benji, but then when you factor in the road surface the rolling resistance is going to be even worse so it's effectively 17 18 percent unless they've paved it beautifully this is they're going to be on this steep section i'm not talking the seven case they're going to be on the 4.7k section for over 20 minutes the best yeah. guys the, the other gc guys will be there 25 minutes plus that is so angleroo is 6k's 14 percent, 13 percent I've never, and this is something where I really, I don't know how to predict what to do. All I know is you better get your gearing right. Because if you, you can't grind 55 RPM and do your best watts for 25 minutes, unless you're you You might have noticed that I've been speaking about Roglic and Evenepoel as a two-head favorite, but I've been mentioning Almeida a lot for the other stage and so forth. Now, there's going to be a bike change in the middle of the stage. I don't know what it has to do with Almeida, but I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, they'll change at the start. 
I kind of want to go Almeida on the stage again because of that climb. He knows how to tempo himself. But then again, Remco's probably above Roglic for this in my book. But it's a pure Watts test. But but then it's not. That's the thing. So Lo, this is where it's different. Loport, 9Ks, 9%, pure Watts test. I would say Remco was stronger, yeah. but it's a good road surface. They're still going 20Ks an hour. This is out of the saddle, hairpins at 20%. You can't do your flat power. At least I don't think you can. And that's why I'm picking Hugh Carthy for this stage. I think okay. Carthy wins the TT. He is top five in the world on obscenely steep gradients. True. He usually is better in the third week. He won an Angleroo. I think this is really good for Carthy and he wins the stage. I mean, he oh, probably won't, but I think, he'll, I think he'll run top three. Okay. But uh, we've spoken a lot about certain riders and obviously the last stage, I'll throw it back to you for the final stage, even though it's not the most entertaining but one. Who'd you pick? I went for Almeida. Oh, okay. Damn, damn. You got him winning GC, I reckon. <laughs> Last stage, they're finishing in Rome instead of uh, Milan. It's still a sprint stage. Uh, let's go with uh, Jonathan Milan because they're not in Milan anymore. I'm going to go with Milan, pure bunch sprint if he's still there. I mean, that is... I don't know how many sprinters survive Rome ben to Rome Benji after this third yeah. week. Like, maybe Fair I'm wrong in thinking that, but anyway. That's the parkour. I'm sure people will know our picks. We're always, our strike rate is unbelievably good. Uh, <laughs> picking them. I kind of wish Bernal was here, given his current shape, to spice it up. But anyway, on to GC. Let's talk, Benji. Do you think Quickstep are comfortable thinking we gain time in the TTs and we just defend for three weeks? No, I don't think that's okay, possible. No. Like, I think they will be happy if they gain time in GC. I hope they, uh, I think they will try and gain as much time as possible in the, in the time trials, but I think the mountain stage are going to be the deciding factor. And if they focus so hard on the time trials and haven't focused fully on the, on the mountain stage, which I do believe that they will have done, then it's going to go bad. So they need to focus on those mountain stage as well. And if you're just good in the first 10 days, focus so hard on the first 10 days for those time trials, then it's going to be uh, painful in the last week. I'm pretty sure. And, that's why I've also mentioned Almeida Almeida a lot in the last week because he's he's seemingly pretty good at these kind of like eight percent, ten percent kind of eight kilometer climbs, that kind of area, because he's able to kind of stick with his own tempo while others are suffering and he's able to come back to the riders that are dropping and then still compete at the end. And his performance on Laporte was was pretty damn strong, let's be it honest good, about it. Yeah. And I kind of feel like he's kind of underrated. Now He should be third favorite. He should be third Thomas. favorite. Indeed. I don't think he's going to be third. I'm, I think it's going to be higher than third. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> okay, but, so you think Quickstep will also be, try to be aggressive on certain mountain stages? They need to. to they, yeah. You can't, go into the, you can't go into that final TT just think, ah, oh, we'll just defend up to then because you could crash. You could have a bad day one day. And to be honest, like Remco, look at what he did in Liège, look at what he did in Hafeet, look at he did in Norway, look at he did in Picohano. Like, what if Remco and they hadn't been aggressive at the start of the Vuelta? And then it's a lot closer in yeah. the, and then, he, and then you have a little crash, you lose time on Sierra de, de la Pandera, you lose time to Marcin Lopez and Roglic on Sierra Nevada. You don't know what can happen. So yeah, I agree, they're probably going to be aggressive on select stages. 
which ones, who knows, probably I think Bondone looks kind of good for them. Um, and then, yeah, there's also Stage 13. I think they'll try Launch 2 and they'll be confident. Uh, Roglic, I don't really see how that Jumbo Visma team can, apart from Koos, really make those brutal mountain stages super hard. You know what I mean? Like, yep. maybe Tranik initially and Hessink I'm underrating, but I don't think as a unit they're as good as Vivaka, Van Wilder, and Hiet uphill. Koos, yep. is, Koos can do damage. Um, but based on what Roglic said in some interviews, he seems relaxed. And he's he's going to try to stay close in the TT. He'll try to take bonus seconds, Pogacha style, in the Tour last year in the easier first week. And then third week, it's war. Who knows what happens? <laughs> it's going to be fun, that's for sure. But um, what do you believe when it comes to the dynamic of other teams trying to hinder Quickstep and Yumbo? Because like you said Bora a lot. Bahrain is also a team with multiple leaders. True, we've not even mentioned... I should have mentioned Caruso for one yeah, of those stages. I feel like they're going to get destroyed on the brutal mountain stages to the point that they won't be able to play their second leader for a leader cards. Okay, but say say occur. Remco launches, everyone's gone. Roglic in the wheel on Kratokur. Is Remco going to pull him on the descent, on the flat valley, and then all of Kranz Montana? So I see they could come back. Yeah. Or, or, or is Roglic going to pull with him? I don't know. The Catalonia, like there was a frustration, that dynamic still has to play out. And Quickstep didn't really have a solution for that. So... Maybe they come, but I agree. Like, if these two guys launch, or if one guy gets dropped and the other guy goes full, if Remco goes full and he gets Roglic off the wheel early, he can take a ridiculous amount of time. Like Pagacha in Teen, or the stage yep. before in uh, Grand Bonand in, in Tour de France 2021. So, yeah, like, and Cruz is going to bleed time in the TTs, and Gagenhart will lose a lot of time in these TTs. So, then again, would I be comfortable? You know, it's annoying if a guy's on three, four minutes and he attacks in week three early. You got Thomas yep. in the wheel. But then if Quickstep just paced with Unwilder Benji and Remco launches, he's just going to drop Thomas. It doesn't matter if Gegenhardt's up the road. So uh, it would have been different if Wilco was here with Roglic. I think then maybe you have a card. Who's no, isn't that guy? But. I'm struggling to see unless Vine and Almeida are both top, they're the only guys where I'm like, their peak climbing is good enough that they can sit in the wheel of Remco and Roglic most of the time. Yep. I think so as well. And you mentioned it there, for example, with, with the Kelderman Roglic kind of dynamic. I'd also, I was thinking for a bit like, should the Von Welder Emco dynamic be in the sense that they should try and keep Von Welder in GC? But I don't believe that. I don't believe that's a possibility in this Grand Tour, especially with the harder mountain stages. By the time that's valuable, your second rider, he's out of GC. Even yeah. with Kelderman, I believe that would have been the case. Probably. So I'm on the edge when it comes to that. So I think it's going to be pretty straightforward the way this Grand Tour will be written in the sense that the brutal stages will be the decider. And you can talk about tactics all you want, but when we, once we arrive at Quadricur and Kranz Montana, it's going to be about the legs and the difference yeah. between the legs of, of the two riders there. and then it's going to be decided. And maybe if it's super close on every single one of those, then we can talk about tactics that could destroy each other. But we first need to see them both clash against each other on the 
on the major mountain stage, then tactics in week one will be irrelevant for that. So and Van Wilder, to your point, like Pico Hanna, for example, the first mountain stage of the Vuelta, he lost 22 minutes. Yeah, I think he got dropped on Brenner's. So you could be like, in theory, we'll keep Van Wilder, but then on Laceno, La I did it in Catalan accent again, in Laceno on stage four, he somehow just drops and, and then that strategy's out the window. Yeah. So, and Coos is kind of the same. Like he's, who knows? Like you could be like, let's keep Coos in GC, but that's a very big long shot. So, and unlikely based on previous history. So I think it's going to be, I, I'm hoping that at least everyone stays on their bike. We get to week three. That's great. Cause yeah. I do think the the watts of Remco in particular, if Rem if Roglic has a problem and Remco can have that TT advantage and then they launch Kranz Montana, those watt per kilo tests, and Remco's in good shape, he could take an obscene amount of time. Um because if he goes solo on Kradakur, he'll do that valley quicker than your domestiques can chase, and then he'll do Kranz Montana. So pray to God everyone's at a similar level. Um but yeah, any last thoughts on the GC situation before we do our picks, Benji? We also always mention it's about the initial gap that a rider can create on the honors, especially when it comes to Remco, who will use yeah. his arrow advantage, but then again, the Roglic is also very arrow. So there's not too much there as well, and it was very hard in Catalonia for Remco to get that initial gap on the Roglic, but in certain moments, he did see Roglic suffer trying to close down the Remco. So the possibility is there. Will Roglic be able to do that to Remco? I feel like Roglic will be playing a bit more it's difficult, eh? Because if you saw Catalonia, you would say Roglic is going to be playing defensive and hope that he can make a difference on the brutal mountain stages. While in reality, he might be on paper behind already by the time we reach that, so he might need to be aggressive. So it's going to be intriguing once we arrive in certain stages to see how aggressive Roglic will be instead of Remco. Well, that's why Kranzmatan is so interesting because we both think if it plays out like it does on paper, Remco has got a nice 45-second lead into stage 13. And so yep. the quick step think, well, we don't have to do anything. Anyway, my pick to win is Joao Almeida to win this Giro. <laughs> I think Remco second and Roglic third, and Carthy fourth, Caruso fifth. I think Almeida wins uh, Carapaz 2019 style. I'm doing this seat. The Portuguese fans are my fans now, Benji. I just stole them. I think Almeida's TT looks much better this year than before. I think Vine, if he falls out of GC and Almeida's got good legs, there's probably not too many people in cycling that you'd want to pace a long climb for you full gas other than Jay Vine can destroy it to the last best four or five guys. And so, yeah, I think Choo Choo Almeida's finally got a course that that suits him. I can't fucking believe you did that. I, I'm just it's imagining pick, myself. It? I'm taking my dog out and I'm going outside on the street and I, I walk to the store with my dog and then there's a, this Australian man that pops up from behind the bush, steals my dog, and my dog <laughs> is Almeida as a pick for the Giro. <laughs> so I've just been robbed and I don't like it. But is your rationale have to go the same? for someone else. What, sorry? Was your rationale the same? Like Carapaz style? Steals it? Not necessarily, because what Nibali and Roglic did that year was pretty stupid, especially Nibali, <laughs> which and is Remco sad to pull. say. And Remco would pull 100%, that's a sad part. <laughs> and again, he might pull. get angry. Yeah, yeah, but he'll still pull. pull. He'll shout oh. every five minutes, but he'll still pull. <laughs> so, you can pick Almeida. I'm going to go with Remco. Uh, 
but I don't know why. Because there's still He's a the massive danger one. for Emko, which is those brutal mountain stage, which he hasn't done at any point in his career. So it's a big question mark, but it would be nice to see him confirm that question mark, I would say. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I still have Carpena in my mind. You know, that's a 4,000 kilojoule day before second Carpena. And first Carpena in the cold, just bang, he's out the door now. He yeah. then went to Norway and destroyed everybody, went to San Sebastian, but before then was Swiss, where he was no good, um, where he got dropped by Thomas and Agita. And then he went to the Vuelta after a camp. And so, yeah, there's not this like. Pog is easy, right? You're like, Pog's going to do this. He's going to do that on that stage. He's going to be good there. Um, that's simple. Remco, we don't know yet, but I think he'll still be good. I think I'm underrating Remco a little bit, but I want to be contrarian with Almeida, and I really think this course is good for Carthy, like really, really good, apart from the descents. But I wanted um, to be contrarian with Almeida. Well, everyone knows you wanted to pick it up. Who have you got? So you got Remco, then what? Yeah. Almeida second? Uh... I'm going to go with Roglic. Roglic third, Almeida second, and then go first. Makes sense. Who do you think from... I think Caruso is in good shape. I think he could do Ooh. something here. I think so as well. I also think that he won't bleed as much in the time trials as you're no. saying, even though their equipment is not necessarily the top standard, I would say, but he's still a competent yeah. time trialist on paper back in the past. But it's, it's a bit of a, a guessing game. I hope Cam does as well. That's what I hope. But I hope he goes for stages. I don't see it. I love that he went for stages. I, I agree. Yeah. I love that he found his identity. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, let's try a different identity. Well, yeah, let's go to being the boring going for seventh on GC. Now, it's a big yeah. career achievement to run top 10 in a Grand Tour. And maybe he wants to do it once. That's fine. But I do like the identity he's carved for himself. Fortunato, yeah. top 10, Benji. Absolute lock. Um, as well, you got to put him in there, and he's only right, seven yep. minutes at a time trial, <laughs> mate. What do you think the gap from first to tenth is going to be? It's going to be half an hour <laughs> in this race, and he'll be there in tenth or ninth because he'll fight for it. He'll get in breaks, etc. Young rider, I've got Remco. You've got Remco. That's I think mathematical because yeah, uh, we had him second <laughs> oh, and first. I uh, wish Max Poole was here to go for it at least to. He'd be wearing it when Remco wasn't wearing when Remco was wearing the pink jersey in week one, because uh, Pool's TT is very good. So, yeah. Anyway, KOM Benji. Oh, I don't know, man. It's who wants to go for it. Uh, we haven't hand up confession. I haven't looked at the points allocation of the Giro KOM competition, Benji. I dare say there's a fair few points on offer in the third week um, on those climbs. So that tends to go to a GC guy. I'm going to go with Vine. I'm going to go with... On paper, if I say GC Remco, then it should be Remco. Yeah. But I said a lot you of stage for Almeida. So I will go with the most unrealistic scenario compared to my other scenarios. As in, if Remco takes GC and Almeida takes all those stages, then Roglic will not win KOM, but I'll go with Roglic KOM anyway. Yeah, I think McNulty could go for it too. McNulty, I didn't call him for any breakaways, but if he is free nah, to go for breaks, he is Remco, nasty in breaks. Remco right over the top of most climbs because True, he's always Rem riding, so Remco will take it. It should be Remco, yeah. Points jersey, Mads Pedersen. He'll get to the finish. He climbs well. He'll be consistent. It's got to be Mads Pedersen, right? Yeah, 
exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't even know who can compete with him. No. Because, like, Milan might OTL, Cav might OTL, the pure sprinters. Court and Matthews are not going to consistently beat Pedersen. And he, Pedersen gets into breaks. It just, Pedersen has to be him for points yep. jersey. That's the quick shift we've gone through the, the, um, the picks, Benji. I'm excited for it. I think, um, yeah, I can't wait to see it. You got any last thoughts on the Giro? It's going to be good, but it's only going to be good because I'm going to be there with you for the first week, my friend. Oh, that's very kind of you to say that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, I think I don't have to do highlight videos. We just do the pods, focus on that. It's very relaxing, and I just love covering the race, and we'll all be here together for the first part of it, covering it. Let us know as well. Would you like us to do in-person live streams maybe for some of the stages in the first week, in the last hour, hour and a half? Um, well, on YouTube, on the podcast channel, sort of, and then we'll obviously do the normal recap afterwards. But is that something you'd be into? What would you want to see? Do you want to see Benji and I cook off? Do a, any challenge? We'll do an Italian. We're going to do a pasta cook off. If you saw my Twitter video last night, Benji's probably the favourite for that one. We might do some outdoor riding stuff. Maybe do some challenges. I've got I've got an HC. I've got two HC climbs behind the house, so we could do test that and then when we come back for the tour de france we can see if we beat our times if we're getting fitter i'm flying at the moment um <laughs> mate i try to i try to rent an e-road bike because otherwise i can't beat you on a climb <laughs> and they were like nah you gotta do it for real yeah that's what they said <laughs> so we'll be doing that but yeah we're really excited gcm plus as we said 15 percent off an annual pass if you want to watch the race we're really keen and let us know all your picks for the stages or even for gc how do you see it playing out um, but yeah, a lot of pressure on Remco. Will he deliver? That's all from us in our Giro preview. Until then, ciao. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>